Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Arabato with my colleague, co-host, executive producer, Mary Gamba. How's everything, Mary? Doing really well, Steve, today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We're going to be talking uh, corporate philanthropy, support of not-for-profits, and what that has to do with leadership with our good friend, Maria Spina. Um, she's a program manager with PSEG Foundation. But Mary, before we do that, speaking of corporate philanthropy, can we let everyone know who supports and sponsors the great lessons in leadership? Of course we can. We have some wonderful friends that support uh, our efforts and make this possible. We've got Prager Metis, Valley Bank. Which is a great uh, accounting firm. Not yeah. just because we have a leadership academy there. I'm just Not saying. Not just because of that. No, they're the, they're the best. I feel like they're family at this point. I love it. NJ Sharing Network, who are literally saving lives in every day. I always tell Organ everyone. Organ tissue donation. And Yep. If you are not an organ and tissue donor, please go out and register and uh, make that happen. Uh, By the way, can we do this um, in post-production? Uh, Sylvester, can we make sure we put up as we talk about the sharing network? Let's start putting it up because it is. there are 5,000 people waiting in New Jersey for an organ, organ and tissue donation. I'm not going to turn it into a commercial, but it is. Go on that website and find out more. Go ahead, Mary, Definitely. I'm sorry. Yep, we'll get that website on that screen. Thank you, Sylvester. The International Union of Operating Eng Engineers, Local 825. And then we have Seton Hall University and the Seton Hall University Bacino Leadership Institute. And while I have the floor, I would also like to let people know where they can find you, Steve, on Twitter. And that is at Steve Adubato, A-D-U-B-A-T-O. You'll see it up there on screen, as well as on Facebook. It's Steve Adubato, uh, Ph.D., and finally, if you're watching us on News 12 and you want to check out our other uh, broadcasts of Lessons in Leadership or just get some really great, valuable tips, tools, articles for free, you can go to our website at stand-deliver.com. Well said. By the way, speaking of corporate philanthropy, let's put up Maria Spina, our good friend um, from PSEG Foundation. PSEG, let me tell you something. Huge supporters of public broadcasting. If you watch our colleagues on NJ Spotlight News every night, you'll see they are right there. They support what we're doing on our not-for-profit and at the Caucus Educational Corporation. Uh, Maria, welcome to Lessons in Leadership, my friend. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You got it. Mary and I have been talking about this segment as we led up to it. And this is the thing that we want to get out there and Mary will pick it up after my question. Not-for-profit leadership, is it any different than corporate leadership? Why do we call it not-for-profit leadership, Maria? No, it, it isn't. Um, I think, you know, it's really important um, in, in any level of leadership to be empathetic and genuine. You have to really understand people. You have to be able to empower people. And these are attributes, especially in corporate philanthropy, um, that are important to, to really connect with the community. Um, you know, we, we all have different paths, but to be able to provide that assistance for the journey ahead is so important. And, and we find that to be very important at the PSUG Foundation. Mary? Yeah, and Maria, a lot has changed. I mean, we're taping this on February 18th, 2021. When this airs, it'll be the one year past the one year anniversary of when COVID uh, hit. How did PSEG Foundation, how did you have to pivot your focus and really who you were giving to, how you were giving, um, you know, talk a little bit about that because so many organizations were just looking to help, whether it was first responders. So talk a little bit about what PSEG Foundation did and why it was so important to do so. Yeah, thank you, Mary. You know, it's hard to believe it's been a year already. We were all facing the reality of grappling with, with social distancing, potentially getting sick and safety measures and precautions that we ought to take 
Um, in the very beginning, the PSUG Foundation was very responsive to our community needs, understanding at that time that when, he, when while many of us were grappling with the reality of empty store shelves, there were folks who were really dealing with uh, losing their jobs and not having food to put on the table. And that being said, it's a sad reality that has existed pre-COVID as well, only exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, and so the first area of focus that we provided support to was uh, food banks, really with those organizations that are helping communities cope with food insecurity. Um, but following that and just hearing many different organizations reaching out to us, our foundation announced a two and a half million dollar two-year commitment in response to COVID, uh, with, which, which included a signature grant to the New Jersey Pandemic Relief Fund, some mid-size grants to regional nonprofits uh, within our territory, and we also ran an RFP program uh, for grassroots initiatives to help communities- Maria, one second. RFP, request for proposal, correct? That's correct. Request I'm sorry, pick it up from there. That's okay. Um, we, we ran that program for grassroots initiatives to help organizations that were dealing with the reality of food insecurity, providing support for PPE and cleaning products, not only for their clients, but for their staff as well, and other types of wraparound services to help communities cope with the social and emotional aspects of the pandemic. Sure thing. Um, and as a, as a nonprofit leader yourself, uh, we always ask this question, and it's funny because before COVID, we asked the question, oh, what's the biggest leadership lesson that you've learned? And you never knew what you would hear. But now, since COVID has happened, I feel, as they say, nothing will ever be the same, and nor will the answer to this question. But as a nonprofit leader, what is the biggest leadership lesson that you've learned you know, in this one year plus since COVID really um, hit us hard? I think it's, it still stands the same. And the reality is that um, you need to be empathetic. You know, communities are hurting. They're, they're hurting in many different ways. Um, they're hurting by what they've, been, what they've experienced and the fear of all of this. And um, the, the social impact that we tried to provide is tremendous, but um, you know, it's, it's something that I think is going to stay for a while. Maria mentioned the New Jersey Pandemic Relief Fund. Mary, again, in post-production, you can tell that we're doing this live and we just talk to each other as if it's just us. We'll put up the Pandemic Relief Fund site. And also, please look at our, uh, our not-for-profit website at steveadovado.org because we did an extensive interview with First Lady Tammy Murphy, who heads up the New Jersey Pandemic Relief Fund and PSEG. The foundation was right there early on and others came on board as well. Um, so Maria, I'm just going to ask you this. I appreciate you sharing not only what the foundation is doing, but also the leadership lesson you've learned. I'm going to ask you this. For not-for-profits, like our Caucus Educational Corporation, others trying to stay afloat, right? Mm -hmm. Fortunate enough to have corporate support, foundation support. But leadership development in the not-for-profit world, there are some who believe we don't have the money we don't have the time to develop our people. Plus, we're not a corporation. We're not here trying to make money. And my view is, well, wait a minute. You have to run lean, efficiently, think strategically, be innovative. What's the difference? No, you're not making a profit, but if you're not, you go out of business because no money, no mission, I'm on my soapbox again, Mary, sorry. Maria, here's the question. The importance of leadership development for nonprofits. Very important. And in fact, um, you know, not only again pre-COVID, 
some of the areas we've supported is around capacity building. Very important for organizations to be able to thrive in this critical time. They are really the voice in the community. So I think that's that's very critical service that we can all help support. Yeah, you don't have that luxury to say, man, it's not really a good yeah. time to develop yeah. leaders. Really? Okay, sure. There's no convenient time. Maria Spina, who is the uh, a program manager at PSEG Foundation, they make a difference. That's all I'm going to say. Um, corporate leadership isn't just about having a bottom line that makes sense, black and red, mostly black, if you will. It's about giving back and making a difference. And then that's what Maria and her colleagues do every day. To Rick Thigpen and everyone down there that we work with every day, um, thank you for what you do, Maria. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You got it. We'll be right back right after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by Valley Bank, the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Arabato, Mary Gamba. By the way, Mary, let everyone know where they can find us other than News 12 Plus. Sure thing. Uh, we are now in so many places. You can find us on nj.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as on our website. That'll direct you to all of those places at stand-deliver.com. We've got a lot of great free articles up there. You can uh, just find our past videos. So there's a lot of cool things. And while I've got you, I'd love to thank our promotional uh, partners as well. CIANJ and Commerce Magazine and NJBIA and New Jersey Business Magazine as well. And lastly, if I can, because I love plugging so much, I'd love to thank our funders one more time. I know they're rotating on screen, but we cannot thank them enough and give them enough um, high fives. So we've got Prager Metis, Valley Bank, NJ Sharing Network, International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University and the Bustino Leadership Institute. Love it. By the way, you see this? No detail too small. I'm looking behind me. Scarlett, don't go crazy. I know I'm doing this. Oh, now he... There's my wife, Jen. I'm going to move that a little bit. I don't want to cover the Emmy. I'm moving that there. Because <laughs> that's Olivia, our daughter. She wanted to know why she wasn't on camera. Oh, you should bring her into one of our shows. Maybe we'll bring her in later when we have my dad on. We'll do a family show. Uh, yeah, because she's in remote learning. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why did you have to put that in air quotes, Steve? No, no, she's learning. She's learning. <laughs> well, they're learning something. I'm just not sure what it is. They're definitely learning how to be resilient and pivot and be creative. Yes. And um, lifelong learners, because they uh, definitely have to do a lot more on their own. But it's working out really as good as it can. So high five to our educators as well. We agree. By the way, did I just block my book? Because if I did that, I, I, I love my daughter and my wife. Yeah, we can would... see you. We can see you. So, you know, stop, I'll stop fooling around. I'm sorry. So, Maria Spina, the PSEG Foundation, thank you so much. We're about to go into an interview with Barry Ostrowski, the president and CEO of RWJ Barnabas Health. But, but there are a couple of things that Mary and I want to talk about. And Mary and I keep saying, let's leave more time for us to talk because we've got a million things that we're doing related to a book that Mary and I are co-authoring. See if I get the title right. 
Lessons in leadership. You it so much, so go ahead. Let's see. It's it's a follow up to lessons in leadership, but mm -hmm. lessons in leadership, innovation and disruption in the age of COVID and beyond. I think that's great. We should ask people to write in for uh, their thoughts on that title, but I think it's a great title because it's not just about innovating. Obviously, COVID made us all innovate, right? It made us all decide, all right, how are we going to pivot? What are we going to do? We were forced to innovate because if you don't innovate, you die. We've talked about that a million times. But now it's going to be past that. It's going to be, all right, now we're all into, unfortunately, the rhythm of COVID and working remotely. But how are we going to continue to innovate? Because we could just as easily get stuck in a rut now. So it, that's why we do the COVID and beyond. So, so here's an interesting connection to that. So we've been interviewing, and a lot of the book will be based on interviews that we're doing in lessons and leadership, that we're conducting in lessons and leadership. And so I said to Mary, I really like the idea of each title being Relatively short, pithy, big, bold print. I just stuck myself in the eye, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, the magnifiers. I love right? that we're on live TV, yeah. It's yeah, great. They, trust me, they're not editing that out. So No, no, we're leaving that in. So here's why I'm saying it. Uh, Mary and I, uh, I would say this all the time, we met 20 years ago at, <laughs> I was at Barnabas at the time in the hospital. Yeah. Mary was working there, not as a nurse. Um, no. You're, you're, you were doing patient rep stuff. Yeah. And the book that I had was written on the end table was uh, Richard Carlson, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Why is it relevant? Because I have been saying to Mary, I want this book to be have chapters that are short and pithy. And the thing I loved about Carlson's book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, is he had these really great titles like Beware of the spiral, spiral thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, yep, the busy the, the, mind syndrome was another one, like beware of the busy mind because your mind is always racing, right? What's coming up next? The theory of separate reality. So I said, okay, so our chapters, I'm going to throw out some of our chapters. And one of them really has to do with confront the situation, be upfront, confront the situation, be upfront. And Mary triggered this, and I'll let Mary talk about it. When you don't know, our good friend Neil Shapiro, the president of WNET, his quote is, when you don't know, say you don't know. Mary, Peloton, John Foley, the CEO who we're pleased to interview, you've been waiting for your Peloton bike. Mm -hmm. Yep, I've been waiting about seven weeks. And I have as about three- As we do three... the show now, go ahead. Yeah, as we do the show right now. So in about three more weeks, it was a 10 week waiting period. But you know, Steve, you've talked about it for so long. I said, all right, I gotta try this. Cause especially Peloton. with- Peloton, we love Peloton. Mm -hmm. And with the cold weather and getting outside and gyms being closed, I said, all right, I'm going to do it. But it was, they, they told you right up front, we know it's going to be 10 weeks and you have your date when it's going to come, but they could have just let that be that they didn't. I got an email from the president. Everyone I'm sure did of Peloton. And he was simply saying, we know that you're frustrated. We know that it's a long lag time. We want you to understand why. And they actually went into the why, which I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of the fact that they are shipping containers and there's delays yep. and there's this and there's that. And I'm like, no, isn't there just somebody down the street like Amazon making my bike and they're going to drop <laughs> it off. And he just opened my eyes, number one, to what a great company it is because he didn't have to do that. I already knew I have my date. It's coming. Um, but just to take that extra step and to say what you know, what you don't know, and to acknowledge and to empathize. And we've talked about that on the show so many times, the importance of empathy. And he really connected and resonated with me. And I'm like, what a great way to start this off because, you know, oh, and the other thing, even though I don't have the bike, they allow you to use all the free apps and the, the exercises and the yoga. And again, not that this is an advertisement for Peloton, but it's an example of an organization that really gets it and understands what people want. And that's just to be heard and to feel like you understand what we're going through. What does that have to do with leadership? 
everything, everything, because leadership is all about empathizing. It's about communication. It's about sharing information, being upfront. If you don't know, say so. If, if they would have said, listen, you can order it. We don't know when it's going to come. I would order it anyway. Like keep me posted. Uh, the worst thing is a company that doesn't give you updates. You don't know if it's coming. That would just leave a bad taste in your mouth. And it's funny, people who hear the word leadership and they think, oh, the president of the United States, the head of a university, the head of a hospital, Barry Ostrowski is going to be on in a minute from our WJ Barnabas Health, a corporate executive. Um, here's the thing. This thing about leadership, lessons in leadership is for all of us who are in positions where we must lead. And that could be anywhere. So I said to Mary, remind me to share the plumber story. I know, I didn't so, even get my opportunity to, but can you please share the plumbing story? So listen, we love our plumber. Not gonna mention the name, they're great. But we're about to sell the home that we're in and move into a new home. There'll be a new studio, it'll be a different look, et cetera. So I'm, we're, I'm watching, I'll admit it, it was about seven o'clock at night, so I'm watching one-on-one -on, -one on, on public broadcasting, and I hear my <laughs> wife, Jennifer, yell, what? And I, what just happened? I got scared. I thought something happened. And I look and I run into the kitchen and there's water all over the place. And she, she's holding the top to the faucet. Oh, what? The faucet broke and she tried, she put it back on, water came out again, called the plumber. Now, as we do this show, it's snowing. It'll be seen later, it won't be snowing. Why is this relevant? Next day, Jen, the faucet, no, and she has a big sign, don't touch. Jen, what about the plumber? I'm, Where's the, I don't know, give me the number. So I call, she runs the house, she's the leader. Trust me, there's a point to the story. I call the plumber. The plumber's person answers the phone, whoever that is. Oh yeah, you have a problem with the sink? Yeah, yesterday. What's up? Wow, oh, the snow, it's put us back. Put you back. Okay, well, you're only telling me because I asked you, Mary. What would great leadership have been if they weren't going to get there on the day that the water was exploding all over the house? I know you can't get there, and yeah. I know I'm impatient. That's not the issue. Yeah, what it's appropriate communication. Proactive, proactive, proactive. If they proactively reached out and said, listen, we have concern for the safety and well-being of our team. We are going to wait until the roads are clear. We will give you an update in a few hours to let you know if they can make it today. If not, unfortunately, we do need to uh, come tomorrow. That's it. And, and then, then give it me sets the expectations. Trying to call another plumber. Give mm -hmm. me, give me the option. Oh, yeah. What are you saying? We should come out in the snow? No, I'm saying you're only telling me because I asked you. Exactly. Leadership is about being assertive, proactive communicator, even when something can't get done. Telling me it can't get done. When Mary with the Peloton bike with John Foley, that matters. Mm -hmm. It matters. It does. It gives you options. Go ahead, and Mary. It, yeah, and I was just going to say, it's really expectations. I was just going to say, it helps you to manage expectations. There is nothing worse than not knowing. Um, it causes a lot of unnecessary stress. There's stress that we can't avoid right now with COVID. There's things that are outside of our control, but letting your key stakeholders, if it's your customer, whoever it is, it could be your team, your, team. your boss, oh, <laughs> your team, I'm, I'm your be, boss. Mary, how many times do you say, oh, that's the deadline? Geez, well, Steve, we, we agreed on a deadline. I'm not going to make it. Then I'm calling. Where are we with? What do yeah, you mean? Or, and, no, and if you can't. I've been saying you, we're over by a minute. I got uh, it. Why, see, I told you we need more time. We need but more time. But what happens when, when, when I'm saying to a team member, where are we with? And I'm sending these ridiculous emails over the weekend. Well, why weren't you telling me where we were with All that we if we missed the do, deadline? And that's the thing. If you communicate with your boss, sorry, I know I was said I was going to get it to you by five. I'm going to get it to you by end of day tomorrow. Is that okay? I'm fine. And, mm -hmm. It's fine. 
Don't yeah. leave me guessing. Don't leave Mary guessing about her bike. Don't leave me guessing about the, f f Never mind. Is it fixed though? That's what I want to know. Don't leave us hanging. You ready? Plumber comes this morning right before lessons in leadership. My wife says, listen, I know we're way over budget on the new house. We need a new, and she started to describe it. And I went, la, 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 la. I can't listen. And I walked away. <laughs> Meaning the exactly. answer is not yet, but, I, but it's on the its checkbook way. is out. I'm sorry. Listen, Barry Ostrowski, important stuff. Barry is the president and CEO, RWJ Barnabas Health. A compelling, important conversation about leadership with Barry and Mary will be, and I will be back on the back end. I'm going to fix the sink. Be right back. Hi, I'm Steve Adubato coming to you remotely. Listen, I don't know how long it's going to be, but we'll keep doing compelling public policy-oriented programming. We kick off today with Barry Ostrowski, President and CEO, RWJ Barnabas. How good to see you, Barry. Same here, Steve. Thanks for having me. There are a couple of things I want to talk about. We'll get to this Modern Healthcare magazine recognition in just a minute, um, which was a big, which is a big deal. But but the co-authoring this book, Changing Missions, Changing Lives: How a Change Agent Can Turn One Ship and Create Impact. What's it about, and why does it matter so much? You are the co-author of it. Look, Steve, I, I think it's about our journey here at RWJ Barnabas Health. About four years ago, we decided that great clinical health care is a terrific thing, but it's not enough to make our communities healthy. And so we invested in an entire platform of social impact programming, and that changed the mission of the organization. And so we have a very simplistic goal. Whatever we do needs to be adjudicated in the realm of have we made the community healthier? And, and the data is clear, the academic research is clear, simply having clinical programs is insufficient. That's only a 30 to 35% impact. The rest of it, for the most part, are social issues. And so we wrote this book to basically say to others, if it's your intent to help people, or if your core business is something other than healthcare, but you feel and should feel an obligation to improve the communities you serve, here's an approach to do so. You can adopt a mission that links that which you do directly to the community, and you can build social programs that will have great impact on those who live in our communities. Frankly, we couldn't be happier having done that. It will take a long time for some of these programs to show the kinds of results we all aspire to see, but nonetheless, it's galvanized our employees, it's motivated all of us to do more to help our communities. And needless to say, we're talking to each other in the midst of the second surge of COVID and our communities are suffering now more than ever. So we're delighted with the new mission, which is now four and a half years old, but we encourage others to consider the same. So by the way, uh, I disclose a couple of things. Micheline Davis, the co-author of that book, a board member of ours, RWG Barnabas Health, a longtime supporter of public broadcasting, including uh, what we're doing. Also, Barry, you are on the board of NJTV, are you not? I am, yes. Yes, you admit that. I do. And you, <laughs> And, and I don't have my own show. I don't have my own show, but I'm on the board. Well, we're working on it. So, <laughs> but but Harry, Barry, here's the other part of this. What I often think about is with healthcare organizations, yours and other large systems and other smaller systems under hospitals are struggling financially in the age of COVID, big time, right? How yeah. do you how do you meet the bottom line needs of a massive healthcare organization like RWJ Barnabas Health, but still keep this commitment? to 
an anti-racism initiative, fighting against the social determinants of health, having social impact. How do they balance out? That is a great question, Steve, and it is the challenge. And, and it would be disingenuous for me to suggest that it's an easy thing to do. We're fortunate. We've had multiple years of outstanding margin growth. We've accumulated resources. And so the choice is, how do you allocate the resources you have acquired versus how much money you may be earning at that given time? And it's been our decision that we would use that which we've been able to accumulate over time and make sure that we allocated to these social programs and of course our anti-racism journey that we began not long ago now no one pays for that and so we need to pay for it ourselves and in our case when we look at next year and we see there'll be hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue that we will not collect we made an overt decision that unlike the usual industrial re response by organizations like ours to reduce the workforce, we're laying no one off. And that is going to, in fact, reduce our ability to create any margin. It'll reduce our ability to uh, take in maximum revenue. But still, it is our commitment that if we were to lay people off and reduce workforce just to balance the books, we'd be creating more hurt to our communities. So in our case, we're, in, we're effectively using that which we have accumulated over time. Now, you can find efficiency, and you can, in fact, go by for a year or two living at more or less a break-even or even a bit of a loss. But in my view, if you retrench from the mission, if you step back hmm. from improving the communities, you've lost it. And so you have to continue. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Lessons in Leadership. This is my wife, Jen. She's at our new house. Jen, where are you right now? I'm in the library. Look at, th this is the new, this is our new house I was just talking about. That sounds There's like a game of Clue. She's, she's in the library with the metal pipe and uh, oh, Mr. Camera, right? Mustard. <laughs> this is your room. This is the room you wanted. Jen, a conservative estimate. How many books do you think we have? 2,000, maybe more. What do you think? Jen says, why don't you just read off the lap? No, I like books. That's our new house. By the way, Jen, I just told a plumber story. When the thing blew up and there's water all over the place, um, first, did you overreact? No. I, well, I mean, I was surprised by it because it just started spraying water all over. What do you mean overreact? Did I not jump in and fix the sink right away? Oh, my God. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, this show. You never know what's going to happen. Now that's leadership. I'm sorry. Leadership, By the way, leadership uh, is, hey, I got to say something. Leadership is about knowing what you can and cannot do. You obviously know you cannot do anything with a wrench or a hammer. So you called a friend. And that's what, that's leadership. It's being able to delegate and accept those things you cannot do. These are very soft hands. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. By the way, Barry Rostowski was great. He's great. I, I apologize. We, this is a serious show about leadership. My wife, Jennifer, is the CEO. She's running the move to the new house. She's running the move out of this house. 
Mary, biggest takeaway, not from the new library, not from the plumber, but from Barry Ostrowski, biggest, biggest takeaway for you. Um, he really just talked about uh, being efficient, especially, obviously, they're in a clinical setting, right? Like, we are not, we're able to work from home, everything during COVID, we're able to keep it going. With him, I mean, you're, you're running a major hospital system with over 35,000 um, employees. So it was really about just changing lives, being there for your team, while also managing your bottom How about line. social so justice? And about, social justice. Just, no, social justice, commitment to fighting racism. Yep. Someone might ask, they didn't give up on any of that. Shit. And that was the thing. None of that stopped. They figured out, cut elsewhere, figure out because you still have your mission and you need to make sure you follow through with that mission. And they did just that. That was Barry Ostrowski. That's Mary. This is Steve. Thanks to our team behind the scenes. Thanks to my wife, Jennifer. By the way, she had no idea. She said, FaceTime me. She will not be happy about that. She I'm going be. to find something to fix in the house. That was a joke. See you That's next time. Happy. Mary, say goodbye. Uh, goodbye, everyone. And uh, thank you, Steve. Yeah, I'm going to apologize to my wife. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by Valley Bank, the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.